Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey barger Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Other than struggle busting um, like I am. I am struggle busting. Uh, for those of you playing along at home, we are recording this episode literally like right after I got back from Las Vegas. And I had a great weekend in Las Vegas. Um, UVA basketball had a great weekend in Las Vegas. Go who's. Uh, but I don't know what time it is or really what I'm doing, and I'm so tired, so I don't know. Let's record an episode of a podcast and see what happens. Let's do this! We even have a guest! We do have a guest. Who is our guest? It's Carmen. Hello. Hello. I'm I'm back. I, I'm so glad you I'm so glad you joined us this time. After after you didn't make it for the first Magpie podcast, I was very sad. So I'm really glad you're here. Life gets in the way. This is probably where I should interrupt to say that we are doing a rare multiple topic episode today. Mm-hmm. We are going to try to talk about all three of the big PBS fall mystery finales since they all aired on the same night and, and hopefully everyone's caught up now that uh now that the holiday is over and can follow along right happy happy belated thanksgiving everyone <laughs> oh, oh yeah <laughs> that's yeah. right time what is I'm, it i don't know i'm so full <laughs> um i just i'm i have to make a confession that i don't really like turkey i mean it's fine but i think turkey tastes like napkins and is like the least exciting that's right send me your hate mail the looks that i'm getting from these ladies no 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 no. Like, send not... me your hate mail world turkey tastes like napkins and is just a vehicle to get like stuffing and gravy in your mouth but you could put those things on much better food products i i would say that that is not exactly true bad turkey tastes like napkins <laughs> um the turkey that i have to eat at certain certain houses that I go to in the on on holidays turkey sometimes tastes like napkins mm-hmm. and it's not the greatest thing I just don't I just think turkey turkey tastes like nothing I don't know like all turkey just tastes like nothing but my husband does some weird thing where he spatchcocks it and grills it and injects it with butter and mm-hmm. let me tell you maybe it's the, maybe it's several sticks of butter I don't know what it is that man does to a turkey <laughs> but it doesn't taste like napkins I mean, I support you, but like we'll even have like lunch meat turkey in the fridge. And I'm like, this tastes like napkins. <laughs> and you just put like cheese and mustard and stuff to cover it up. But basically all the sides are to cover up the fact that the turkey doesn't taste like anything. I okay. do like it as like the sandwich, the leftovers, the tetrazzini. I'm a I'm a I'm Southern. So I'm I'm a ham person. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that ham should be at all holiday festivities. Can you tell how much I'm trying to not talk about Annika, which let me just say at the top of this episode, while we are going to talk about all three of these shows, I will only be participating in the discussion of two of them because I will just put it out there that I did not finish Annika. Okay. Why don't we actually start with Annika so we can sort of get it out of the way? Because I believe I am the only one of us who watched all the way through. All right, we'll go we'll go in reverse order. We'll end with Miss Scarlet. We'll go we'll go ten o'clock, ten o'clock, nine o'clock, eight o'clock. I actually think that's not a bad way of doing this. Um so the thing about Annika that I just wanted to point out, um, Lacey watched the first three episodes for our original podcast on it. And has, has literally like forgotten, other than Paul McGann being very attractive in it, has mostly forgotten everything about the show. It has no object permanence for me. And Carmen has watched it, but mostly as a thing that's on the background while she's writing her Magpie Murder recaps, so that doesn't <laughs> really count. Um, I believe her response when I asked her about about it was, it, it has something to do with boats. <laughs> And there's a fourth wall thing, and that's it. Yes. Um, we are very professional. We are very professional. Ch- Cho Chang is in it. <laughs> oh, oh yes. right. Cho Chang. <laughs> I actually have to say that, like, I, okay. Not her real name, no, just so no. no one thinks we're idiots. Katie, Katie Lang. Katie, not Katie Lang. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Katie Leung. Leung. Um, um, but here, here's the thing. Um, when we watched the first episodes of Annika, it was sort of one of those things where it was very hard to tell if this was going to be a character-focused show or a mystery-focused show. It wasn't that hard to tell. Um, <laughs> well, no, because it sort of could, it, it felt like it could still go either way. Um, and I really felt that as the season went on, it got better. Um, I really liked the fact that um, uh, uh, Leung's character, Blair, um Basically, in episode four, like we start meeting all their family members. Uh, 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 Blair's Blair's little sister comes to live with her. Uh, her name's Erin, and she actually starts dating Morgan. 
Um, so Morgan has a girlfriend while Annika is dating um, Paul McGann. And uh, we meet uh, Michael's brother, Aidy. And he, we just literally meet him for like a minute and it like doesn't go anywhere. And it's really weird. Like, I didn't quite understand why he was there. And we meet like Tyrone has like uh, somebody who he meets like he meets somebody he used to work with who clearly is still crushing on him and, 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 and wants to get together with him. And we sort of find out that he's really not doing relationships because I, I don't know if this is a thing in the UK, the, the twice as good to get half as far sort of thing. But that's very much like his 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 deal is that he's pushing to get ahead and he's really scared of screwing up and he doesn't want to do anything that will you know in any way screw up his chances of advancement and i thought that was actually like really nice and character defining for all of them to sort of have these sort of parts come out um except i was very confused why michael had this brother that didn't no didn't go anywhere it turns out that's because he ends up being the suspect in the in the sixth episode so that we sort of learn that annika is we knew Annika was friends with Michael before when she lived in Glasgow and that they'd sort of worked together and that he was sort of like, you know, a little sexistly, like not okay with her being his boss. Um, And I sort of thought at the beginning of the sixth episode that maybe it was that she dated Aidy, the, the brother, um, and that that's where this was going. Except no, it turns out that actually she dated Michael and that Morgan is his daughter. And that he has no idea that Morgan is his daughter. She's held it from him for all these years. And now she's working with him and he's working with her. And he has no idea that basically when she talks to him about Morgan, which is a lot, actually, when you look back over the season, it's because she's telling him all about his daughter. And I, I found this to be an interesting twist, not not because like, dun, dun, dun. Um, I found an interesting twist because I wasn't expecting it, because in most cases, Shows like this would have made it a much bigger deal. Who is Morgan's father? Like it would have been like fan theories about who Morgan's father is. You know, they would have puzzle boxed it up. And the Attica is such a plain Jane kind of mystery that it's choice to sort of keep this like sort of like you know, down in second gear and not really a thing. And, you know, yeah, she talks about it to the camera and you sort of know a lot about that she's, you know, that she's, da that, that, that Morgan's father doesn't know that she exists and that she sort of walked away from it and she sometimes regrets it. And we know that she's sort of a little, like, not jealous of Michael's, like, very domestic life with his wife and his children, but befuddled by it, I guess. And having that sort of all suddenly come together at the end like that, when you sort of like weren't expecting it because they hadn't been playing it up in any way, really, I, I thought that I, that spoke well of the show that it that it that it's happy to sort of subtly like bring these things along and not put it in your face. And I I I think if anything that that gave me hope that Annika season two will be I don't know less paid by numbers. Um, I will say also, though, that um, my favorite moment of the entire show this season was when Michael turned around to her when they were getting in a fight and said, go solve your mystery with Chaucer or whoever. Um, mostly because that meant that for the first time, we actually got confirmation that that whole like fourth wall breaking and literary stuff that she's been doing is stuff that she's actually doing in front of them, too, and they all hear her. Anyway. So that's basically uh, like my take on Annika. Um, I severely doubt that like we will cover do too much of season two unless I don't know Lacey suddenly decides that she's really going to love mysteries. <laughs> I wish you could guys. Yeah, I wish you guys could see the face that I'm making at the <laughs> at the Zoom screen right now. It was not a. It was, it was, don't hold your breath. Yeah, is what I'm I, 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 you know, because and how do I know this? You're like telling all of this, and my first reaction is, "Who is Michael?" <laughs> No memory. Zero. The, Zero the, object permanence in I, my mind. I would tell you that he's the guy who plays the younger brother in Guilt, except that I know, I know the Guilt Carmen had... said that before, and I was like, oh, no, that's not a happy association for me. Well, also because I know that Guilt probably had zero object permanence in your brain either, so that doesn't help. Um, honestly, like, I am happy to keep recapping Annika. I don't... I, I, I don't dislike the show. I... I wish it were a little better, but I do sort of appreciate its low keyness. And I think especially on a night where we had Miss Scarlet, you know, being very dramatic and Magpie Murders 
being so confusing that my mother literally had to read recaps every week in order to understand what was going on. Oh. Um, yeah, I... Well, I, I'm glad I, I could write those for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because we had these two very complex mysteries, having something that was very simple and very sort of easy on the brain is really nice. And I sort of assume that, you know, going forward, when Annika season two comes out, and I assume, A, it's going to go on Passport first and then come to Linear the same way it did the, with season one, I, I figure it'll go in the 10 p.m. slot in the same sort of way because it is sort of an easy on the brain show. I thought 10 p.m. was supposed to be for, like, adult shows. Oh, like yeah. Like, murder. Oh, no, no. Gore. No. no. This is not gory. This is not gory. I mean, there there is a little bit of drug use. There has been a bit of drug use. But other than that, I really... Well, it is, is Glasgow. Not, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's really not... It, this is a very... It's a very sort of calm, understated show. And I don't hate it. <laughs> I think you'd actually really like it, Carmen. Um, I... Though. I I, I like Nicola Walker. I, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that she was in it until like <laughs> the fourth episode or whatever. Yep. It, this is basically a her vehicle. Um, oh. She's the one. She plays it uh, as, as as we talked about in the first uh, the first time we talked about Annika. It was a BBC Four radio show and she is the voice of Annika on the radio show. This oh, is totally okay. a Walker vehicle. Okay. Um. So, yeah. And, and, you know, of all the things she could have gone to do after Unforgotten, this is not so bad. Well, um, maybe maybe I will give it a try then. Speaking of magpie murders being complicated, shall we go on to magpie sure. murders? <laughs> sure. And that's our piece on Annika, folks. <laughs> Sorry if you were here for that. <laughs> you, right can, you, can, you can email me at, what is it, televisionthepodcast dot something or other? Televisions.org? Oh. You work here. How do you not know our email? <laughs> Just DM me on Twitter if you're still there because I haven't left yet. It's televisions at weta.org, people. Come on. Okay. Televisions at weta.org. Email me. Talk to me about this because, you know, Lacey's just, I, I don't got anybody to talk to about Anna. <laughs> anyway. Magpie. Let's talk about Leslie Manville because okay. the Manvillesance is still ongoing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So, Carmen, um, yes. you know, Lacey and I talked about this a little bit before in our in our first Magpie uh, episode, which we did after the second episode. Okay. Sort of once you got the idea, once you basically got to the it's a murder. Right. portion. Right. Um, how, how did you feel about this show? Like, t- talk to me about your experience watching this. OK, well, the reason I wanted to recap it was because I had read the book um, back in early 2021. And I had listened to it, I think, um, the audio book. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I liked the, you know, two two mysteries mixed together. Um, I liked, actually, it was read by, it was not read by Leslie Manville. She read the second, uh, it's called Boonflower Murders is the second mm-hmm. book. Um, and she did the Susan Ryland character then. So I think they kind of knew that maybe she was going to do the show or maybe that's what made them that think gives they... me hope for season two yes so uh but the first I mean, is season two just gonna be her solving crime and create no no <laughs> i've, don't, I've read... don't, don't. No, I, no 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 spoilers okay i won't give any spoilers um but it was actually read by uh, the actress that plays robert grantham's sister <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, in Downton Abbey. And um, anyway, I, I enjoyed the book a, a lot. So then I saw the cast. I saw that it was Leslie Manville. It was supposed to be Timothy Spall was supposed to play Atticus Pound. But he got had a, uh, you know, something happened with his schedule and he couldn't do it. So I, um, I actually do. I actually do regret that. Um, having now seen all six episodes. Yeah. I think I think the one thing the show kind of suffered from is that wasn't as strong as he could have been right. as uh, as a personality right um i i saw uh, daniel mace he's a favorite of mine that he was going to be in it um I, and then i you probably you guys probably talked about the fact that um oh gosh claire rush uh brooke <laughs> was playing her sister and they had played sisters in uh sherwood, in sherwood. as well yeah um so I, you know, I was just there. Really, only there really only are like six performers. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> but 
But also, I, wow, I'm just hearing myself. And the reason that I, I sound like this, guys, is that I literally scream for two days at basketball games. No. I got like a Kathleen <laughs> Turner thing happening. It's not that I have like COVID or something. Right. It's just that I've lost my voice. <laughs> Anyway, Sounding great, feeling great. But I was I was really excited because between the book and the cast, I was I thought and I have to say there were a few times that I went back and looked because like the end, I actually didn't remember who the um the book ver- uh book version who the murderer was. Oh. <laughs> um but that kind of made me happy because it was like, "Oh, that's a surprise." <laughs> Um, but I, I really liked, I mean, of course it was, um, the screenplay was done by, uh, Anthony Horowitz as well. So he wrote the book, he wrote the screenplay, he's got TV experience. I thought he did a really great job. Um, there, uh, I liked how she and Poond actually interacted because that Mm. wasn't part of the book. Um, you know, that they had their little talks and... Well, wait, so the book, is it just like two stories that are sort of happening parallel? Is that what it is? I mean, you know, she's she's the editor, you know, she's familiar. Yeah, it, there's none of that interacting. The streams don't cross, right. if you will. Well, right. yeah, she's basically reading the book. Right. And this is a really smart way to sort of make it so that she interacts with the book instead of it just being like, she sits down on the couch and opens the book again and we suddenly change places. Right, right. I thought that was very and another thing that's different from the book is her how her family is drawn into it how Alan uses her her father mm-hmm. um and the you know the anagram of her name and all that that's not in the book. Mm. So um you know I mean there are some things that are probably left out that weren't that important. I thought you know for the for the length of the show um I just thought he did a great job of of putting that to the screen and making it a little bit different, but still remaining true to the story. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned that, like, my mom found this very confusing. The thing is, is that, you know, it is there isn't a, a well-defined when we switch from the 1950s to the present and back again. Right. And this is one of those things where, like, You'd almost think that because we have an almost 100-year jump between present day and the 1950s, Mm -hmm. that it would be easier to tell. And I found that part fascinating, that actually things hadn't changed that much and Mm -hmm. that the 1950s don't feel all that different from the 2020s. Well, uh, another thing that would be, I think, made it a little more confusing even. I remember when reading the book that sometimes I was like, oh, wait, which which mystery is this? You know, like what part of the Mm. book am I reading? You know, is it the book book or is it the, you know, the real life story? You know, so um, I can understand that. But then when they started using the same actors... I love the double casting. That actually was my favorite part because it really helped me understand that like um who alan was making fun of and who was basically the caricature of who and i thought that was a lot of fun and i really liked that yeah it was less it was less about the double casting than it was the actual realization of how how present day-ish the 50s felt Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's the show i don't know if that was a decision i don't know if that's just because the 50s actually we haven't changed that much since the 50s i don't know what the heck or we've gone back to it (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i I thought that was really interesting i also have to say that i you know as somebody who who recaps vienna blood i really love the fact that we have matthew beard and uh and and conth and conth hill and in in this show um interacting in a way that we don't get to see them interact uh Mm. in 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 vienna blood and i thought that that actually really also appealed to me just getting to see these actors who i see work together in a different show working in a Mm -hmm. different capacity um I'm like, just here to tell you that I didn't watch that show either. So <laughs> I had to say, okay, I'm providing a lot of value to the listeners. It's today. okay, Lacey. Um, I will also note that um, I think the thing I loved the most about this, though, is that I didn't see the real world murderer coming. Oh, uh huh. I guessed at the book. I guessed around episode yeah. four or five mm-hmm. that it was going to be Robert. Yeah. I wasn't sure why or how, but I just sort of figured out that that's, that's who the murderer was. And it was just a matter of 
of when you know how you know who. Right. Um. So we had to get to that part. So that was it was just more filling in than it was actually mm-hmm. telling me who did it. But I was genuinely startled when it turned out that it was Charles right. who who would had and he still had the whole manuscript in his desk. Yeah. Yeah. I think the lesson here is that dumb people commit crimes. <laughs> that man is an idiot. <laughs> Like, instead of using his, like, 20 minutes to go get right with his family or whatever to, like, flee, he's like, I'm going to hit her over the head with this trophy and then set the drapes on fire because that will look like an accident, I guess. Right. Dumb people commit crimes. I, I, I will admit that, like, I was prepared also not to like Andreas a mm. lot more than in the end I felt I was supposed to. I think I was, I think I'm supposed to like the fact that she got back together with him and went mm-hmm. to Crete, and I don't. Well, I have to say, too, he is a much bigger character in the TV series than he was in the book. I, I oh, was really? reading I was reading it, and I'm like, was he in the book this much? I really, he, if he was, it didn't stand out to me. So um, I think but yeah, okay, I'm not because that goes into the next book. Um, but yeah, I think that um, he was played up a lot more. He had a lot more screen time than I would have expected um, that, from the book. Hmm. Their relationship was much bigger than it was in the book. Um, I, I don't think that was a good choice, honestly. I think having him be sort of like a boyfriend in the background would have been better then. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, like, he lies to her. Mm-hmm. He, he, he basically gets all this money out of, out of, uh, out of Conway and doesn't tell her, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's some real, like, sketch city, like, yeah. <laughs> relationshiping going on here. Well, I don't really necessarily think that they made a really good argument as to why he lied to her. He was like, oh, you hate this dude. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> also, I just wouldn't leave, ra- I mean, again, dumb people committing sort of fraud. Um, I just would not roll to a person who randomly knows the person I'm dating whose address I stole off of their computer and be like, sup, can I have $150,000? Right. Like, are you crazy? Seriously, sketch city relationship. Mm-hmm. I am telling you, like, this is not, uh, there is nothing about Andreas that made me want to see her go to Crete other than the fact that Crete is pretty and I wouldn't mind, like, staring at it for an entire season in in Moonflower Murders if that's, if it actually gets made. Right. Um, but honestly, like, I I really liked how everything seemed, the, the, the running commentary in how writers take the real world and warp it for themselves mm-hmm. and why we love mysteries mm-hmm. were basically, for me, the reason to keep tuning in. I felt like, um, you know, as somebody who who sort of breaks down television and why we like television and why we watch this and why this is popular, having this sort of like meta commentary on mysteries. I mean, it didn't tell me anything I didn't know because I know why we watch mysteries. I know why I like mysteries. Right. right. Um, it, it, you know, I, 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 I like having the order come from chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, um, which might explain why Lacey doesn't like mysteries because she is sometimes chaos impersonated. <laughs> um, I did not sign up to be attacked on my own show. <laughs> well you are you're like a chaos muppet it's sometimes it's really great because god knows i need somebody very chaotic at me but um you know i can understand why finding order in the chaos doesn't appeal to you in the mm-hmm. same way it does to me right. um because it makes me feel like things are in control more um because somebody has to be in control Don. Anyway, right. um, to, but honestly, can I, like, can I say about uh, yeah. real quick about leslie manville though i mean i love her and the character but I kind of got annoyed with her at a certain hmm. point because it's like she wouldn't make up her mind. Everybody kept saying, do you want to be the CEO? Do you want to come to Crete with me? And she just, I mean, it's like how you're, you're like a, a high powered editor. Why can you not make a decision? Well, also, part, I just couldn't be like, there's no way that this company would decide that a random editor 
should become the CEO of the company. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Like that's not how publishing works. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the person who emailed us about the Magpie Murders finale and basically um, pointed out the giant plot hole of the series, which is that, you know, why couldn't Charles just, you know, why, why couldn't Conway just say, you let me kill off Pund or I take my books elsewhere? Like why 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 did why was all this necessary in the first place? It's the, he the, he compared it to the 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 other hobbits getting why didn't the eagles just take them to martyr? It's the <laughs> because yes there's a there's a shortcut that could have basically like avoided all of this mess mm-hmm. and instead like and yes the answer is because if if he did there'd be no show. Um, but honestly, like I as um as a murder mystery that didn't bother me too yeah. much i'm truly i truly just assumed it's because they just don't know how publishing works yeah because it's just <laughs> none of none of this is how publishing works like <laughs> well no none of this is how publishing well, works. well um, and also do you really think that just because he made up an anagram and used a bad word um, like it is 2022, you guys. It is 22. It is the year of our Lord 2022. And you think a hidden bad word is going to bring down your publishing house? Right. I mean, I, you, I, I just. Maybe if it was 1950. Yeah. Right. <laughs> maybe that's why the 1950s felt like today. I yeah. Don't know. Yeah. It, it's a thought. I, I um, kind of anyway, thought that was ridiculous. <laughs> um, what would, you, uh, as someone who has, so you have read uh, Moonflower Murders. Mm-hmm. Um, would you a would you like to see Manville do Moonflower Murders, and what would you like from it? Um, well, I didn't like the book as much as the first book. Oh <laughs> so, no, 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 that's actually very interesting because you know a lot of times it is really hard to follow up a really yeah, great book in yeah. that way, and you end up with a shadow of of what you were trying for. Is right. that sort of what happens with this? Or well, I mean, it, it's just different because you know. It, um, it relies on a book from the past. It re- it's still that same uh, dual thing where you've got mm-hmm. it, but it's you know obviously Alan Conway is no more, so it is not a new book. It's one of his past books, and he is still um, he is still president. Of, I don't know if they'll bring him back. Um, Mm. you know flashbacks and stuff like that is this and, and and this way and this is the way that they bring back pund as well i guess yes yes okay um yeah i i i don't know i mean this was a critical darling when it when it mm-hmm. premiered and i do actually think that a lot of people probably tuned in especially because it was directly after miss scarlet mm-hmm. so i wouldn't be surprised if pbs decided to go and make a second season mm-hmm. i'm just I mean, not- anecdotally speaking i know it was very popular on streaming as well okay um so that or at least at least at our station it was quite popular on streaming i can't like speak for the whole country yeah, um, that is one of the things about everything being localized is you can only really ever speak for your own station. Mm-hmm. Um, but I personally, like, I'm not sure I want a second season. Mm. As much as I love the Manville Assance, as much as I love Leslie Manville as this character, I am not sure that it needs a second season because, for me, the meta-ness of the story and, and, and the commentary on murder mysteries and 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 the, the, the whole, like, story within a story within a story was so much what made this show mm-hmm. tick for me that I just don't see a second season working in the same way. And two, it's, it's like, she's already, they already said goodbye. You yes. Know? So, you know, what are you going to do this time? You can't really have them interacting. Um, Poond and, and Susan. Well, I guess I suppose, I suppose he could suddenly start appearing in Crete, but I'm not <laughs> sure I want that. Well, I would just, like, if it were me and I had magic powers, I would just make her suddenly, I like, I don't I don't think that Poond as a character is particularly memorable or necessary for his own sake. So like I would just pick someone else. Cuz I don't I don't I'm not dying to see that character again. Mm-hmm. I- I, I think that is part of the problem of the casting is if it had been Timothy Spall, it would have been a stronger character. Mm-hmm. And that I think it would have stood up to Manville in a way that this one didn't. Mm-hmm. 
and I think that, that that's also a problem that the show had. And perhaps, yes, if they do a second season, instead of doing Pund again, they bring back somebody else or they come up with a new mystery or something. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there's many things they could do. But as I mean, stands- I guess at some point you have to be like, why is this woman not seeking psychiatric help for her constant, <laughs> like, hallucination of book characters? But Listen, it's called maladaptive daydreaming. And some of us do it a lot. Um... <laughs> Honestly, oh, like, is that what that's uh, called? Yes, actually, there is a real phrase for it. Yes, so I, I, I learned it, and on and yeah, it was one of those moments with like the light bulbs because it's off over your head. Anyway, um, I would say to you that like as it stands, I would not want to see Poon come back mm-hmm. if there is a second season, and that's the way the second book goes. I'm not sure that's what I want at mm-hmm. all. I think I want something very different for a second season. Should there be one? Right, And I think I need it also to be her leaving Crete and Andreas because she's a terrible boyfriend. I've done her, so I should with them. <laughs> Sorry. Listen, you know, I'm just saying. I, I right. know. Right. Crete is beautiful and everything, but no. When you have the book in the back of your mind, you know, it's you can kind of forgive certain things or you know what's coming. So, but, you know, it, it could be changed. They could do it differently. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's kind of like, you know, in, like Fleabag where she's like, I'm not coming back. I said goodbye. You know, maybe that should just be it. <laughs> I mean, it is OK to let things end. Yeah. And I feel like people in the current in the entertainment industry don't necessarily like respect that as much these days Mm -hmm. as they should like you can just stop it's true like i'm not complaining that we had disenchanted after enchanted but i'm not sure it was necessary (laughs) this revival thing i don't i'm don't get me wrong i love the willow show but i don't think it was necessary and i feel that this is a thing that keeps happening especially in streaming where you know the gaping maw needs content constantly and constantly and well, i and they get... need like recognizable ip is the thing yeah i and mean I... for for me i just want leslie manville to do whatever leslie manville wants to do so if she wants to make another season of this okay let's go um, I don't need to see a second season of it. And if it was a second season of it, I'd be perfect, ha- perfectly happy if it was just like her chilling in Europe mm-hmm. doing cool book things. Like that yeah. would be a fun show. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't need the pun, the pun part of it all. Um, I have to say, um, in comparison to Annika, which definitely felt like having a second season was a no brainer because there's there, there, there's it, it just can go on for it's the kind of show that can go on forever. Um, Magpie just didn't feel like that. Whereas Miss Scarlet and the Duke, I feel like the fact, like, we came into this knowing there was a third season. And I actually sort of wonder if knowing there was a third season, even before I sat down, affected my views on it. And if I would have liked it less, if I thought this was the end. Hmm. I I don't know. I felt like it was really... I felt like it was really nicely self-contained. I would have been fine. I mean, whatever. We've all dated Dirtbag Men. So that's not a big deal. Like, the rest of it, I thought, ended, like, in a pretty good place. And if that was just the end of it, I'd be like, all right, that was a nice thing that we had for one season. And what's next? Yeah. And I, th- I think that the, I think knowing that, you know, seeing this as a single thing actually helps it. Um, and if I'd known there was this, if I knew there was a second season coming, I would maybe be more hopeful for something better in the future. Whereas with Miss Scarlet, because I was kind of disappointed in the ending, I could just look and go, "Oh no, but season three is coming." I uh, I don't know. Let's get Carbon's thoughts on Miss Scarlet first, because I recapped it and have been putting my thoughts everywhere. So I have not seen it at all. <laughs> you know, oh no, it's your turn. Okay, <laughs> it's fun. I'm the only one who watched all three because I had to edit everybody's recaps. I'm here for the magpie and that's it. <laughs> okay, so I will I will start then. Okay. Here's the thing. Um, Annie and I disagree on whether or not we think that Eliza and William should get together and that's fine. And I don't even think that this is a point in the in the series progression where it needs to like make a decision on whether or not that's going to happen, I even agree. though I feel like we all know it's going to happen. But I don't feel like this series, like, and maybe it's just because I watched all of season one again right before I watched season two, but I felt like this season was really aimless. Like it didn't really have like a point or a goal or there wasn't any sort of like the overarching thing was like dorky nepotism hire and gross rival investigator and those were like the big mini arcs 
and I didn't care about either of them because neither of them were really about Eliza, who is who I'm watching the show for. I didn't feel like Eliza had a really strong arc this season, and that bugged me outside of the Eliza and William and stuff. Uh, and William stuff, but after that first episode, it just felt like they didn't. Were, were they for Carmen's benefit? They had this big like, I don't think we can be together right now. Talk, and it was all like tension and ah for those of us who like ship them. But then it just went nowhere. Like they literally were off in separate stories for like several episodes. After that, the show never really like dealt with what that conversation should mean in their day-to-day lives as friends or colleagues or whatever you want to call it. And it just sort of lost focus for me in a way that that was really disappointing. Um, so we talked about Miss Scarlet right after the first episode aired. And then we this is our first time coming back to it. So basically, the last time Lacey and I talked about it, they basically had just had this sort of breakup conversation. And then we get into the new season. Um, and I personally thought that it was a very interesting setup to try to keep them having a relationship while they're also not having a relationship. And on paper, that sounded like a really good idea. In practice, the only point in the show where it really, really worked for me is the one where Eliza literally goes on the run because people think she did it. And And then she's like not even in 60% of the episode. That is the only episode where I genuinely enjoyed the two of them being separated. And it's partly because with her in the backseat, everyone else got to step up. We got to have Ivy. We got to have so much more Moses. I need more Moses. We got to have that the 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 what what's the what's the name of the prostitute that she goes to Clementine. To, Clementine, thank you. Sister, and her four sisters who are also named Clementine. I love the Clementines. Like I want more Clementines. Like that was great. Everything about that was funny and good and worthy of the first season and honestly if the show had just done the second episode where the two of them are trying to figure out how to be separate not really getting anywhere and then this and then used this to bring them back together i think it would have felt better but instead as you say they don't ever really get back together they really are sort of working on separate tracks no matter what and that's not how one of these shows if if most of your tension comes from the will they or won't they separating the will they separating them so that you know they won't sort of screws up the the rhythm well i think you i think there's a way that you can make that work but you have to actually address the elephant in the room Mm. and they never went back to anything about that conversation until the very end of the season, which I'll get to in a second, but like through the rest of the season, like they don't behave any differently. They don't like, they don't act like their relationship or their lives or anything is any different. And so I don't like, what was the point? They're just not together as much. It's just really, it was really weird and aimless for me. And it felt like, like, what is the word I'm looking for? The, the thing where it's, it's this is happening because outside forces dictate that it must happen versus it's naturally like the story says it should happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, happening because it needs to be, because the plot requires it, not because the character puts you there. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, and it, like, and then we get to the fi- in the final episode of the season, which are again, again, like season one, it was really five and six that are like a, a two parter. It's like I felt like again, it was four episodes and then two. But it's not good. It's not a good two parter. No, I don't think so. But it really like you can't talk about episode six without talking about episode five. Is what I'm saying. Well, um, okay, you talk about episode five then, because I got a lot of big <laughs> feelings about episode six. Okay, so basically, episode four introduces this broski, like Victorian broski, um, of it's Patrick horrible. Nash. I was not expecting Patrick Nash to be like that. I'm not sure what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting a bro. Like, that really threw me. I thought he was really going to be, and I thought he was, I said this in a recap at some point, so sorry if you guys read it. Or thanks for reading, if you did. <laughs> but, um... I thought that that would have been a really interesting avenue, not to introduce like a triangle, but just to introduce like someone else who is her, who is her equal, who is her equal and who offers a different perspective on the kind of life she wants to live as an investigator versus William, who is very much like Scotland Yard, police, blah. I thought that would have been a really interesting dynamic to try to explore, but he is just a 
He's a pro. I'll just say expletive to avoid <laughs> Mark having to bleep me. But like, he's terrible. Like, I can't. He's trying to ruin her and also hire her and also flirt with her and also he's so gross. Mm-hmm. No, I, I was, I, I, I was not a fan of Nash. He's definitely coming back next season because he's in the trailer. Um, I mean, honestly, like. I'm not sure I needed her to have a second love interest. I don't need every man to come along. No, to I didn't even want. I didn't even want him to be a love interest. I just wanted him to be like an alternative. Do you know? Not mm-hmm. like a, not like a real romantic alternative, but like a there is a way that you could be with someone who also works like like a who also works in this <laughs> making air quotes industry as such, <laughs> who like understands your experiences and understands what you're doing, but has a different perspective on it and doesn't work for the man. If you will, yeah, I didn't. I didn't need. I didn't need uh, a dumb meathead to be her rival like that. I, I never figured out. Like he at first, he wants to ruin her, and then he wants to hire her, and then he's sort of flirting with her, and then he does hire her, and then in the last episode of the season, he hires her on like a trial case because she's afraid that that William's going to move to Scotland, which like is another one of those twists that I hate so much because we know William is not moving to Scotland. Yeah. Okay. So let's back up to episode five. So episode five and six are sort of a two-parter in the same way that the, uh, the, the case of Henry Scarlet was um, in the end of, in the end of season one. Um, And the big arc is whether or not William will move to Scotland. Basically he's offered the promotion he really wants. And he's offered it in his home, in, in his hometown. Right. And he could de- and he could basically like go be in Glasgow and like then we'll just have like, I don't know, him in Glasgow and, you know, Annika in Glasgow 100 years later. Like it would not be like, I suppose. But we know that's not happening. Like it's a ridiculous. We knew she was going to solve Henry's murder and we knew that she and William were going to find a friendship in the end of season one. But it wasn't as a foregone conclusion of how it would get there in the same way that William turning down this job was a foregone conclusion. The thing is, is that when they do get to, I would have been fine with it if it had actually been the impetus to make them talk about that talk they had and what, and, and, and to make them really think about like what, because I feel like that's what the finale was trying to do was to like nudge Elijah, Eliza towards, thinking about her life in bigger picture terms, like that conversation she has with Mrs. Parker, Mm. like her conversations with Ivy, like what do you want your life to look like beyond this? And I thought that Eliza being, again, dumb people commit crimes because (laughs) this man is hired to like try to kill Eliza. He not only does not shoot her, he shoots the person next to her three times. (laughs) So dumb people commit crimes. And I thought I thought the whole near death experience thing. I'm a sucker for a good near death experience trope. But I thought the whole like Eliza's life is being like really threatened would cause some self awareness, some reevaluation, some self actualization on her part, on Duke's part, on everyone's part. But like literally, Eliza doesn't behave any differently. <laughs> like she's the only character who it does not impact in any real way. And all of this happens, and it it feels like we're building up to that moment where you know. I thought you were going to die and it made me like reevaluate your position in my life or if I could have my life without you in it or whatever, whatever, whatever. And instead, like they come right up to the edge of that, but then they go play charades. Yeah. Like literally they go play charades. That's not a joke. <laughs> no, they really do. Um, I have to say that um, one of the things I was very disappointed with, with the like, Duke. There was no, there was no uh, what is the, what is the, what is it? Rising action, falling action, rising action, climax, falling action, denouement. There's yeah. like no denouement there. Um, I felt that, especially compa- especially grouped with episode five, that there was a lack of self-awareness, not just on Eliza's part, but also on the Duke's part. Um, in episode five, he gets really embarrassed over the fact that he has that that, that she knows his routine. And that she's figured him out. And it's the weirdest. You've literally known each other since childhood. Do you want to know the routines I can tell you about my best friend that I've had for 25 years? Like, <laughs> I can tell you what he's doing right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Um, but honestly, like, I just, I found that there was this moment where, where he could have, where we could have explored, like, his inner biases against 
his own personality like that he has these to I, I wouldn't even say homophobic but like like he he he, ne- he needs himself to fit this very narrow definition of what a man is and his routines don't fit that and so his problem is that people will know that and they know that he doesn't fit this tiny little mold and but like I, his routine is being nice to people <laughs> right like, like his routine is like he gives some some change to one of the like ladies on the street corner like he buys someone a biscuit like his routine <laughs> is just being nice right like there is nothing bad about his routine there is nothing to be embarrassed about and there's a level where i thought when we got to this when he sort of freaks out about it that i thought that we were going to get a moment where he actually sort of considers what it is to be a man and what he wants to be as a person and we never got that self-reflection either and so having him fail to self-reflect and then in episode six having eliza basically 100 percent fail to have any kind of emotional reaction to nearly to nearly being shot was really interesting especially because and i'm gonna bring back annika again annika has a couple of near-death experiences in those in those last three episodes that you didn't watch and they do actually make her think about what she wants in life and what she wants with morgan and what she wants with hot palm again it really does actually affect that relationship and she and Morgan actually step apart from each other at the end of episode five because she decides that she's choosing morgan over him and that is a real thing that happens and that's a real emotional arc that she has in the season well, well no those are those big like stress things that make you re- that are that are supposed to anyway make you like reevaluate where your life is going and so having miss scarlet having eliza basically and william basically fail to have these moments and then watch you know, two episodes later, now after I get through Magpie and actually watch and 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 see Nicole, Nicole Walker's character doing that, really brought home to me how much of a missed opportunity this was. Yeah, I agree. Missed opportunity is a good phrase because the thing is, is this is only season two of the show. I'm not crazy enough to think that they're going to get together for real right now, as much as I would like them to. Of course not. Epi- season three starts on Passport. Three seasons. Like- Season three is on Passport right now. You can go watch it. Um, no spoilers. No, I haven't watched it because I didn't want it to taint my commentary on this episode. Okay. Um, we have. I have the screen for season three. I haven't watched them either. Um, I, I don't want to taint my to taint my commentary okay. on this. But I. But to my point, I don't. I don't think. I don't think anybody who is in Shipper Corner with me really expected that to happen this season <laughs> for real. But I really wanted to feel like... A step was taken? Uh, yeah. I don't... I just came back from Vegas. So, like, here, here's me using gambling terms. I just didn't want this season to end on, like, a push. You mm. know what I mean? Yes. You know, what po- you know what push means in gambling? Or, like, status quo ante. Like, we just, like, put everybody back at the start again. I don't feel like there was any real growth for anyone this season or that anything even really changed. Except Ivy got together with the morgue dude. Um, resetting to the mean is a thing that used to happen in every single television show every week in sitcoms. Like, that's what you get at at the end of every Simpsons episode. We reset to the mean. Well, that's why you can watch reruns is because yes. it doesn't matter what order you right. watch it. <laughs> and I fully expect something like Miss Scarlet not to do that. I expect better from masterpiece shows. And it's partly prestige TV's fault. I'm not going to lie. But I do actually expect character growth and change from season to season. Well, I mean, I think season one, we saw it in season one for mm-hmm. sure. And I feel, I just feel like other than Eliza thinking about going to work for someone else instead of trying to keep her own agency open, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what her journey was this season or if she had one. And that bugs me a lot outside of the stuff with uh, outside of the stuff with William like, I feel like Detective Fitzroy had more of an arc than she did. And that is upsetting. <laughs> Poor Fitzroy. I, I did love Fitzroy. I do love myself a nerd. But, you know, I did, I, I did end up liking him. But, but also, this isn't Fitzroy and the Duke. Right? It's not watch a nepotism hire fail upward. Like, I can just go. I just open the newspaper and see that. Like, I don't, I don't need that. 
You know, okay, so Carmen, I'm just curious because you haven't watched Miss Scarlet. Right. Um, listening to us, are you interested in Miss Scarlet? Would this be a thing that you'd want to watch? I know you love Call the Midwife. Um, so I know you like period I know you like period pieces. Right. Now what 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 time period are they in? It's Victorian England. Oh, okay. So it's basically it's a fiction it's a fictionalization of, of of Victorian England's first female detective. Okay. Well what I was as you guys were talking, what I was thinking was because you were kind of comparing Annika and mm-hmm. <laughs> this one that I haven't seen either, is back in Victorian times, would people really be that enlightened and that you know, in touch with their feelings. Am I asking? Am I asking them to do something that is basically not within their actual emotional wheelhouse? Right. Because in the 1880s, that is not a thing. Right. Whereas right. in 2020, someone like Annika does yeah. have because she has a shrink. I mean, Paul McGann plays a shrink. Oh, oh. <laughs> I well, I don't. I, I, mean, I don't know though, because like I said, I feel like that finale where Eliza had all those conversations with different people that were basically like longer versions of look at your life, look at your choices. Like they, I feel like the show was trying to, to be like, this is where we're trying to go. And then it just never went there. But who's stopping Which them? Which is very strange. Cause that whole long conversation <laughs> with Mrs. Parker was so like, that's 10 minutes you could have got used for something else. If that didn't have a point. Um, And that's why I started to say earlier, you know, when, when it comes to these shows, knowing whether or not there's a season, there's another season to go. Like with Magma Murders, I didn't know if there was another season to go. So I felt very much like I liked the ending because I sort of felt like it was self-contained. I knew Annika was open-ended. So it didn't surprise me in any way that it feels like it could go on forever. With Miss Scarlet, I felt like, like when when season one ended, we didn't know if there was going to be season two. I could have lived with that. But here I could not. And I don't know if that's because I already knew there was a season three. And if there hadn't been one, would I be much more upset about this ending? It, I, does it even really feel like an ending, though? No. Like, I it feel just like feels like a it feels like a stop. Season one, I feel like it's season two, part one. And now we're going to yeah. get season two, part two. But I don't know if the show, I agree with you, but I don't know if this show means for us to think about it that way. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that, I don't think it does. And I don't know if this is just an accident of the fact that when it was renewed, because it was renewed late and they decided to renew two and three without telling us, they only told us they'd renewed two. And they basically filmed two and three back to back that Keeping like that if it just se- feels like it's part of a larger thing. Yes, that basically accidentally it became part of a larger thing simply because they did it together. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, if sometimes if that's the case, if there's going to be three seasons to get through, you know, the arc, sometimes the middle is like the most frustrating part. <laughs> mm, no, that's true. <laughs> I don't know that I think this show's going to end with three seasons. It's really it's quite popular. No, actually, I don't. Um, honestly, I think the reason that we're getting two and three back to back the way we are is because PB. This is one of PBS's most popular shows, along with All Creatures. And when it originally debuted, it debuted in the eight a.m. eight p.m. slot in in January in front of Sanditon. And now they're trying to move it back to that. And rather than waiting over a year to bring it back again to fit it there, they're just squashing them together real quick and having us. And from now on, Miss Scarlet season four and All Creatures season four will be a set. Oh. That That's, makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, just, I like this show so much. I don't like being disappointed. I know, it, I know it sounds like I just have the greatest time like ragging on stuff, but I don't like feeling disappointed in stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel like that. <laughs> you know, I, I, it, it does make me glad that season three is on PBS Passport. Um, and it does make me glad that we are going to get, for those of us who watch on linear and, and aren't streaming people, um, you know, that, that it will be back in January for us all to watch and for us to recap and talk about. Um, but honestly, I, I, I'm not happy with how this season went. And, you know, I know you don't care about the mysteries, but honestly, like, especially the ones, there was one that, like, I can't, okay, which, which episode was it? There were really a couple I thought that, because one of the things, one of the reasons that I do not mind the mysteries of the show and often really like them. Angel of Inferno was the one that didn't have anything to do with feminism at all. And that bothered me. Yeah, that's like, because, and there was definitely, like, I mean, the, someone trying to murder Eliza Case, too. Yeah, but that was also, that was also a callback to the first season to bring everything full circle. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I forgot about that. I had to look up who that dude was. I was like, he looks familiar, <laughs> but I don't remember. I actually I linked to the season one recap so people could do that. <laughs> um, What was I going to say? I was going to say 
that the reason these mysteries feel really fresh and good to me is because they're so like unapologetically focused on stories told through a female lens. Mm. Like maybe not even necessarily feminist in the way that like 1800s people would understand it, but like they're stories that are about women. They're told from the perspective of women and they're about like things that specifically happen to women. Mm. And I don't, I feel like it lost a little bit of that this season too. Yeah, and uh, my least favorite was Angel of Inferno because that mystery really had no feminist anything to it. And I didn't realize how much that mattered until I didn't ha- until I got to an episode where it wasn't a thing. Well, especially because it comes right after the one about the Charles Darwin painting, which is about the lady who has the museum like trying to keep her little business open and her husband trying to ruin her cuz he's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like that one was really good, I thought. Well, I I I'm, I'm happy to hear not happy, but I there for a while I was like huh I wonder if there are any mysteries in this. <laughs> well no because the thing is, is that, and this is one of the things about Miss Scarlet that I find and, and part of the reason why I think it is so popular is because it has all of it. Mm. It has the mystery. It has the romance. It has the period drama. Mm-hmm. It has the whole package in one thing. And like no, and like the mysteries, because you, you know, if I could sit and recap, I was in the recapper's chair for this one. So, you know, it wasn't too heavy on the mysteries. Like the mysteries always tied into other things that were happening uh-huh. on the show. They didn't happen in like a vacuum where the rest of the story happened sort of in a box around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, Annika, Annika goes and solves a mystery, and while she's having a mystery, like, her kid is having her 16th birthday, which has nothing to do with the mystery. Uh-huh. Right. right? Like, that's not how Miss Scarlet works at all. Oh, okay. Got um, it. And I really... And, and it's partly why someone like Lacey, who does not like mysteries, can like the show so much. Mm-hmm. And it's partly why someone like me, who loves mysteries, can like the rest of it. Mm-hmm. That's why this show works so well and why I need it to be better. <laughs> you have talked me into it. I will watch it. <laughs> Yay, we did something good. It really is like, it really is such a good show, which is, I don't know, like maybe if the first, maybe if I didn't have such high, like a high bar set for it already, this wouldn't have felt so disappointing. But I just, I don't know. It was fine. And I don't, I don't, Miss Scarlet is not a show that is fine. Miss Scarlet is a show that is excellent. And this season was just fine. Also, they should kiss. <laughs> my no. brand is my brand, people. I'm sorry. No. Okay. Now that we've had that argument. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we could keep going, but I also think we have gone really long already. So. Oh, gosh, we have. But and we were also trying to cover three shows at once, so I forgive us. I know. Be nice to us. I hope you fast-forwarded through the parts that you didn't care about. Um, <laughs> Carmen, yes. as always, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for asking me. And listening to our... <laughs> our feminist rants. You know, I, I learned something and I might I have a new show to watch. So there you go. Uh, tell the people where they can find you on the Internet. Well, <laughs> the Internet is in a state of flux right now. It is. So who can say? I, I am still currently my major things that you would find that are interesting about me are still on Twitter. <laughs> That's okay. So, Twitter so, hasn't crashed yet. Uh, so I'm a Brit. Telly, yeah, at, at is that what it, Brit Telly Addict? That's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's where anything that I'm talking about that's to do with the uh, uh, my recaps and all that stuff is on there. Plus anything about libraries, um, books that I'm reading, and the Cleveland Cavaliers basketball team. <laughs> Not my Cavs, but I like all teams I, named Cavs. Go Cavs. <laughs> All, all, all of the sports stuff is making me tired, and the World Cup has only just started. I know it's really. I was watching that. It was really weird. I was watching that like in the early morning in an airport yesterday, and I was just like, "Time is so weird." <laughs> um, I was like, "How is this on this early?" And I was like, "I'm on the West Coast. That's why." Anyway, Annie, where are you on the internet? Um, you can find me at Annie Bundle everywhere. Like I am just I I'm not like I'm wandering around signing up for Mastodon and Hive and Post and whatever else. Like I'm just signing up for all of it and squatting on Annie Bundle because eventually one of these will come out on top and I need to be there. So if y'all want to find me, just look for Annie Bundle. I'm around. Um, 
other than that, I'm also at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook because Facebook is weird. Um, and I'm at Annie Bundle on Instagram, which is really just pictures of my cats and their tails and their paws and their faces and, you know, being cats. Um, other than that, yeah, I, uh, I'm staff writer at Elite Daily and I am the associate editor here at Televisions. And I also freelance around the web. And uh, this week I am talking about a Christmas Carol and uh, Christmas movies and all those lovely things that we talk about this time of year and why in God's name we are still doing this Charles Dickens story all these hundreds of years later. Anyway, um, so yes, uh, if you want to find me, basically just go Googling Annie Bundle and whatever social media choice that you decided to flee to. Um, if you fled Twitter, I am still there. And honestly, I'm probably just going to be there until it crashes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm an, I, I've said from the very beginning that I will be on Twitter until the fail whale blows. But uh I am uh, Lacey MB on Twitter and virtually every other social media platform, including now Hive and Mastodon and co-host, none of which I've really mastered how to use to use yet. Co-host! That was the other one I signed up for. Thank you. But if you don't care about my social media homelessness, uh, follow the site and the pod on social media, who is we are still on Twitter at Telly underscore visions and on Facebook at Televisions blog, all one word. Um we can be found at televisions.org. And since we are a product of a local PBS station, you can click on that button up top that says donate in big block letters and help us keep making all of this great content for your eyes and ears. It is a great time of year to, I don't know, it is the season to like ask for money. So here we are asking for money. And you could also get PBS Passport while you're at it, and it is a great time to do that because, as we said, Miss Scarlet Season 3 is currently there and streaming in full for all of you. And you can send me cryptic tweets about it or something because I'm going to watch it up by up because i got to recap it again. But I live in hope. Don't crush my hope, but send me cute screen caps is what I'm saying. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that is our show for the week. Thank you, as always, for listening to us and I hope laughing with us. I've uh, got a great Thanksgiving. Uh, happy holidays a little bit in advance. Please get your flu shot and your booster. It is like scary out there when you look at all the people that are getting all kinds of gross illnesses. So protect yourself and your loved ones as we head into a season of celebration. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.